We both have reusable things, which is not which is new for me. It's not new for you. I always have mine. Yeah, I know you always have one. I feel like this is sleek. It looks a little bit like a bullet. I think it's nice. Oop. I um I also I bought it for my brother and he it, I was going to give it to him on Christmas and Christmas Eve he got a reusable coffee mug and talked so much shit about, about the fact that he got a reusable coffee mug that I just Ooh, was I'll like alright well I'll go get you a gift card and then <laughs> I'll uh, give this to myself I was I was even going to give him the option I was going to be like hey man I got this for you because you always talk about how much coffee you buy from Starbucks so uh, do you want it mm-hmm. but then I didn't even want to like put him in the position to be like Oh, oh, yeah, man. Of course, I want that. Especially if he had just gotten one, he doesn't need a second one. Well, don't say that. Occasionally, they're dirty. You know what I mean? Like, you, I mean, I, let's be real. Nobody washes their reusable coffee mug. They just rinse it out and you drink coffee um, every day. It can't get dirty if you're doing do you it every day. Not drink your. I mean, drink your. Wash your coffee mug, Stephen. I haven't used it enough. Only if I like open it up and there's like dregs in there that are in there from mm, I don't know when. Wash it. Oh, wash it. No, what? Are, what? Are, what okay. is gonna grow in there? Fungus. Maybe. Fungus. I would say bacteria, but. What do you wanna? Hey, what's what's up this week? So what, what do I want to get rid of? I want to sure. hear what you want to get rid of first. Um, sure. I I can go I first. Go you first. Could turn the question right back yeah, around because you're it, obviously not around. ready. You didn't come prepared. I did not. Um, I. So it's winter now. Some days are warmer, though, but, you know, but there are some cold days. And I have seen multiple times, uh, always dudes, at least mm. what I've seen, um, walking around in either shorts oh, or yeah. tank tops with that. no jackets or no pants. And I just it's I don't get it. And I'm mm. not I don't think it's like oh, I don't feel the cold. I feel like it's a way of showing off something. And I think it should just be gone well don't you think that the i don't feel the cold is the showing off yeah right right yeah because it's like that's what i'm saying is like you do feel the cold right you're just like tough enough to tough it out and it makes me colder every time i see them and i'm just like it's not cool i definitely feel the whole thing of like like it's not worth it just Mm -hmm. put on a jacket right exactly like whatever you're showing off it's not worth it just put yeah Yeah, and also i always feel like it is and step it into hot water uh-oh. But I, I feel like it's a particular kind of guy. Mm-hmm. It's typically an overweight person. And it's like, it's like weird. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get that either. And uh, I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the trajectory here, but y- yeah. Well, I yesterday know. I saw a dude who was like, Super buff, just wearing a tank top, walking down into the subway. Well, he has and an inferiority like, well, complex. He sees sure. himself as overweight. Maybe, or maybe yeah. he's just like, I am so awesome. Everyone should check out my muscles all the time. Mm. He's like, check out these sick goose pimples, baby. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Got it. I thought it was yeah. like a metaphor, like guns. It was like, check yeah, out like my these, sick I mean, goose no, pimples. No, goose pimples, it would be like <laughs> bee stings. Like it would be like right. a, you would you would make fun of somebody's biceps by calling them goose, goose pimples. Yeah. Goose bumps. I don't like goose pimple. I prefer I goose I do bump. like goose I think goose pimple is like British. Can you imagine if the series, the kids book series, is called, called Goose, Goose Pimples? pimples. <laughs> yeah, and it was just all like secretly uh, uh, proactive advertisement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For Goose geese. Pimples. Um, so yeah, that's mine. I think it needs to go away. 
and we need to they need to put pants and jackets on. Yeah. Dress dress for dress the weather no matter how cool you think you are. Yeah, cuz it yeah. is cold. Mhm. Steven? It reminds me of how like people from the Midwest move to like down south mm-hmm. and then they go when it's 40 degrees outside and everyone's wearing jackets and people are like, "Ooh, it's so cold." They go, "This isn't cold." Mm. And they don't wear jackets. They wear Hawaiian shirts and shit. <laughs> yeah. And get out of here. Put a jacket on. Just put a jacket it's on. Still it's not worth it. It doesn't have to be as cold as it's ever been to you, but it yeah. can be cold. No, no one cares that you're from the Midwest. As a matter of fact, people hate it. So put on a jacket oh, well, and hide okay. that fact. I'm not. It's in this. That it's a southern. Comment? It's a Charleston thing in particular. It. You know. I. I don't. I don't make excuses for it, but I also don't apologize for it. Mm. Uh, See, in Maine, we had a thing about Canadians. Mm. Where it was like, uh-uh, Canadians. I always ugh. felt like uh, Canada is the Ohio of countries, you know? Hmm. And Drake I don't is think about Ohio, cutty, so, so perhaps. There you go. How often do you think about Canada? Pretty often because of the mm. rivalry, so. Right, right. Um. Anyways, what do you want to do this week? Well, um... Okay, so I don't. Can it be not? I don't a yoga know if you know this. Or? Uh, oh, there we go. But like, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't really talk about it very often. But I've recently been doing um, a lot of yoga. There's only so many times you can or, make that same intro, Steve. I gotta say, it's gonna be the last one. I was. Okay, <laughs> you, you made me lose my voice. Okay, <laughs> what's gonna happen? Well, my new <laughs> student trial period has has ended mm, uh-oh and now is the time for me to and either take the plunge to, yeah take the plunge or you know stop doing yoga or pay for drop-in classes which are $20 it's crazy Whew. and even though the membership price is still a great deal as of right now I'm still too nervous to go through with it I'm coming up with so many excuses not to do it everything from I can't afford it to it's not super safe with this goddamn novel coronavirus and so <laughs> You know, A, I'd like to get rid of my buyer. It's not remorse. It's like pre-remorse. Mm. So I am i don't feel like buyer's apprehension is a term, mm. but I feel like mm-hmm. it should be. Sure. Uh, but I also want to get a, you know rid of the necessities of American capitalism that require okay. them to run their business at a profit, but also require me to be pulled away in terms of my own monetary self-interest because I have to hoard it despite my love for them. Mm. And so I'm one week away from being a damned liar because I will be doing this bit next week. God. Uh, you know, what am I going to say? Some I'm Stephen Moskis, the artist formerly known as someone who did yoga a lot recently. If you really want to, I guess you could say that. That is kind of fun. You could also just skip that whole part and just say that you're Stephen Moskis. people Moskis. want it. The people I want it. I don't know that any indication you, has mm, indicated mm, that that is a true indication. Oh, the people want it. Okay. Well, um, good luck with your huge qualm challenge. And uh, I'm sure you'll fill us in on what you decide next week. Thank you. I will. Thank you. Great. <coughs> okay. Are you ready That's to begin? Unnecessary. Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome. Welcome. This is Should We Keep This, the cultural review podcast you know and love that looks back over the past 50 years of film, music, and television challenging your nostalgia to get at the question, should we, should we, should we keep this? I am Stephen Moskis. I'm Gina Stevenson, and there are no robots in any of the movies this year, but I like that misdirect. We're talking about Forrest Gump and 
The Lion King. The Lion King. It's 1994. 1994. Also known as the year of. Oh, I was like, how dare you? Um, the year of, it's t- we got two options. Uh, running away from home, quite literally, and mm-hmm. then running back. Or um, mm. the protagonist's son appearing at the end of the film to provide hope for the future. I mean, okay, Forrest Gump. Not oh the no, end, no, okay. End. It just took me a second to remember the like recap. The the. Fine, we'll stick with the first. No, one. No, 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 cool. no, 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 no. I think there's a third one also, but it's not your job. I'll I know it's not you, my but, job, but um... I, I'm doing it. But you know the whole just just the aging, just the from like life all the way through mm. to fatherhood, like birth to fatherhood. That is sure. like we see that in both of them. Don't you dare Fine. sure me. Essentially the same as my second one. Except it's not the same as your second one. Worded. He's coming back and do. I mean, basically the return the the no, double. What is? I mean, I don't want to say motif, but what is it when you the callback? Like, what is it when? What would you say about that shot of them lifting up the the lion on Pride Rock at the end? What was it? it it's oh, the a, fact that it's the same as the beginning. Yeah. A mirror. No. Okay. Wow. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, the, it happens though. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to talk first. Which one do you want to talk about first? I just don't know if I'm going to be able to move past this. I'm going to take a break and take, come back next week. Great. Well, no problem. Um, I will continue from here. The I'll start with the Lion King. Okay, here I go. Uh, this is the top-grossing film of 1994. Um, this is an animated movie, Disney movie. Um, it's set uh in the Pride Lands of Africa, a pride of lions rule over the animal kingdom. From a place called Pride Rock. That was a lot of times I said Pride. That was three times. Mm-hmm. Um, in the very beginning of the movie, a monkey named Rafiki, who is like the sort of shaman, I suppose, of the kingdom, presents uh, the newborn son of King Mufasa and Queen Sarabi to the other animals. Um, the son's name is Simba. Uh, Mufasa's younger brother, Scar, however, did not attend the ceremony because he's jealous that Simba is now next in line to rule. Um, Because he wants to be the king. Simba grows into a curious and eager little cub, and Scar tricks him to go to an elephant graveyard where Scar's hyena cronies are waiting to kill him. Um, Simba and his best friend Nala, who he brought along on the adventure, get rescued by Mufasa. Um, Foiled, Scar sets another trap, this time hoping to kill both Simba and Mufasa. He leaves Simba in a gorge and then has his hyenas drive a herd of wildebeest to trample him and sends Mufasa in to save Simba. And Mufasa does indeed save him, but he has to hang from a cliff to try and save himself. And Scar sends him falling to his death. Um, then makes Simba believe it was his fault that Mufasa died, which is so cruel to do to a child. He tells Simba to run away and never return. So that's what Simba does. Um, Simba meets Timon and Pumbaa, a meerkat and warthog, and lives with them under the carefree motto, Hakuna Matata, no worries. Uh, meanwhile, Scar has made himself king, but uh, under his leadership, Pride Rock withers, and all the food has gone, and things are not looking so great. Um, so years pass, and Nala, searching for food, discovers Simba and urges him to return. He doesn't want to at first, obviously conflicted because he thinks that he killed his father. Um, but after an encounter with Rafiki, Simba does return and challenges Scar, who ends up being killed by his own hyenas. Uh, Simba takes his place as king with Nala as queen and peace and prosperity return to Pride Rock and their own son. It ends with their own son being presented to the kingdom in a mirror of the beginning (coughs) sequence. Or other words. Or other words for it. We don't know. 
Uh, a callback is the right word, I think. Right. I feel like that's a... I just feel like there's something that's more me. It's a frame, perhaps. Mm. They're definitely hitting the same tableau. Yeah. Anyways, I just, um, that's I just, this is such the, unsatisfying. Yeah, sure, it's all good. I'm not no satisfied. No worries. But yes, this movie uh, made almost a billion dollars. Wow. This is one of the what? first movies that we've seen almost hit that billion yeah, dollar mark. Be. It made $968 million oh off God. of 45. There were two sequels, Sim- Lion King 2, and then famously Lion King 1 and a half. Mm-hmm. There's also a TV show. Then there's TV also show? a remake, a live action remake in the continue in the a la Disney's fucking stupid trend of making live action versions of their old musicals. You're talking about a movie live action remake? Yes, the live oh. action remake of The Lion King. Okay. You're familiar with this. I'm not. <laughs> what? I I'm not. A movie? Yeah, it came out last year. It had like oh, Beyonce and Donald Glover and she will tell energy for it. But that's not a live act. They're still animals. Yes, they're still animals, but they're like actual animals that were then CGI'd to have like to be talking. Okay. There's only, I mean, live action. There's not. Yeah. I was, I thought you meant the Broadway show with like people. No, 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 no. But there is a Broadway show. It's been one yeah. of the t- uh, top 10 selling Broadway shows since it opened. Uh, over a decade ago and almost two decades ago actually it's been a while and yeah probably because i saw it when i was like 12 i think it was 96 that it came out mm-hmm. um i Just should two years after i know but i i know that no, sounds like yeah. not i believe it they wanted to capitalize on i can look that up while you continue yep sick <laughs> so the movie has lots of lots of people that we have seen and talked about before or they've just been around forever, i.e. James Earl Jones and Jeremy Irons, but we talked about Matthew Broderick before. Hans Zimmer has also been around for over a decade. Now, the cool thing is this is not her first movie, but Linda Wolverton is one of the three writers on the film. She wrote the script for Beauty and the Beast about five years before, and she was the first woman to ever write an animated feature film for a studio. Cool. Yeah. I thought it was dope. And then she's gone on to be a major Disney writer ever since. She wrote Homeward Bound. She wrote the book for Aida. She wrote loads of major Disney films. And then this is also Jonathan Taylor Thomas's first movie, 90s heartthrob Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Mm. Young Simba. We went on to do Tom and Huck, Home Improvement, and just general general 90s 90s heartthrobbery. Yeah. Yeah. And then the big controversy for this film is that it is remarkably similar to a Japanese property called Kimba the White Lion. Did you say Jabber- Japanese? You said like Japanese. I'm sorry. Okay. I really I, am I done between you and producer <laughs> just Julie just sure talking about the way that, that I say words. Okay. Okay. Continue. Japanese yep. mm-hmm. property. Mm-hmm. Kimba the White Lion. They have a similar plot. They have a similar artistic style. Uh, it's based on, it's about a lion named Kimba instead a of Simba. Close to Simba. Claw, the, the evil uncle is an evil lion named Claw who also has an eye injury. What? <laughs> they are both, there are two sage baboons in each one. There are two 
like reporter birds, Polly Cracker and Zazu, hyena sidekicks, both <laughs> scenes where they look up in the sky and see clouds like their fathers. Wow. Disney absolutely rejects this notion. To They say that they got the story from A, the Bible, Exodus, Moses, and also Joseph, the story of Joseph, and also Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And then they also said, as far as the characters are concerned, if you're setting something in Africa, it's absolutely understandable for all those characters to be involved. Like That's all those different position. animals? All those different animals, yeah, <laughs> to be involved and central. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's similar enough that when Matthew Broderick got the role, like he, when he talks about the controversy, he says, I thought that I was playing... I told all my friends when I got the role that I was playing Kimba oh my God. <laughs> in a Disney adaptation of Kimba the White Lion because he was a fan as a kid and wow. he thought that anyone who grew up in the 60s when it was airing on American television mm-hmm. would would know it and be excited about it. So he he just straight up thought that that's what it was. So it was close enough mm-hmm. that the actor doing it felt like right. it was that. And well-known enough. Yeah. yeah, and well noted. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not like you know. Even you know, Power Rangers mm-hmm. is a Japanese show, and they shot the teenagers that when they made the American version, they shot American scenes to fit into the Japanese scenes where they were all in suits because mm. you couldn't tell sure, that yeah. they were. So they didn't have to recast it, nor find actors Smart. that could yeah. fight or stunt people. So <laughs> they don't even it. It's not even like that where it's a show that Americans wouldn't recognize as mm-hmm. being stolen. It's a show that Americans watched. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, the best, the biggest known things are Hakuna Matata. Of course, classic. And that dominates a lot of the early references. Mm-hmm. It, it's so interesting when I when references change when there's like a decade of strong references in one way to a film and then it shifts. Lately... It's been more the circle of life, mm-hmm. but also the raising of a baby mm-hmm. overhead. It yeah. gets done in the office. It was a big ad for Lilo and Stitch when mm-hmm. that movie came out. And then my fa- a reference that I make all the time, which I think is just as significant, is I always reference when Scar's ascension scene, when he goes... You know, to rise to meet the dawning of a new era. Mm-hmm. Lion Hanaida. That was a mistake. <laughs> that we can call out and you were silent. Lion and Hyena coming together. Like, uh-huh. I always <laughs> like to, that's my favorite quote uh-huh. to reference. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Not referenced enough, I'd say. Yeah. That and <laughs> Stampede in the gorge. <laughs> Simba's down there. But that's, or, mm-hmm. or. He's going to do the whole movie? I'm going to do the whole movie. But Great. this one just doesn't make any... This is these not, None of these quotes actually have any relevance in day-to-day life, with the exception of it is occasionally appropriate to say that it's the dawning of a new era. But... I don't know if this is where that came from, though. You know? No, it's not. But it's one of those things where you can start a normal sentence, but then finish it with, with a the quote. lions and hyenas. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, it's the dawning of a new era. Lion and right, hyena right, right. Yeah, coming yeah. together. Yeah. But also, I just enjoy the way James Earl Jones calls out to his wife. And he goes, oh, 
no, 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 it's Scar. It's Scar. When That's right. Jeremy Irons. He goes, Sarabi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just love it. <laughs> I get the impression that you have seen this movie before from all of this. I actually don't have much of a relationship to this mm, film. Yeah, yeah, cool, no. cool, cool, great. <laughs> How about you, though? Like, is there um, anything that oh, you Oh, yeah, I mean, just... I loved this movie. Like, I grew up watching it a lot. So I've seen it a bunch. Wow, passionate. Yeah, I I mean, I love the, the songs. I Like, especially Be Prepared mm-hmm. is, like, a song I had on my right? iPod, whatever, you know. A, for, and it's a very complex, well structured song which we'll i gotta say later. i don't know if we should talk about it here but i have a lot of interesting things to think about that t- i mean they're not there's not anything that isn't well trodden in terms of the discussion of be prepared mm-hmm. that scene in general but i just watching it with a deliberately critical eye i, I was think like, this goes later but okay yeah no that's no, what i was saying this goes okay, later. okay great, great 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 so we'll just hit it yeah i can't wait uh, uh i felt blank i can't not like i felt blank but Blank. blank. I felt the blank. Okay. The blank. Blank. Great. Great. But um, also, uh, uh, you the live action remake. I did not see it. I know you didn't see it. I, didn't I saw see the Broadway it musical. I did and not I see it. Saw it when I was like yeah, twelve or thirteen. I ha- was visiting my nana in New York because I didn't live here, oh. and um, I was wearing contacts for like the first dish time, and one of my contacts ripped that morning. <laughs> so I saw the show with one contact. And I loved every second of it. Regard, like I just like still have such a right. visualization of that that show. So, and I'd you've seen to like seventy percent of the stage show, but yeah. it is amazing. Right, it was great. Um, okay, so Forrest Gump. Yeah. Shall well, we I just yes, oh, I just want to say that sorry. Be Prepared was not included. Oh, in, in the live action, the li- in the new remake. Oh, which is crazy because it's have a so song? iconic. Apparently, it's a it's a similar shortened version. Mm. Of the song, and because we're not reviewing that movie, nor will we ever. I don't know if it's because Chiwetel Ejiofor just isn't a strong singer, and so they didn't want to alienate him, or if they just didn't feel like there was room in the movie mm-hmm. for it because they had to put in "Spirit" by Beyonce. Oh, it's yeah. also the song. I feel like just that, as far as like what's happening in this during the song visually in the Disney version, that it's so like it's the most sort of like fantastical almost. And so I wonder if it's about like, how would they film it? I don't know. Cause I haven't seen any of the new movie, the remake, but like, I know. also think there was question about the fact that it was a way they didn't want to, because we talk so much about fascism and neo-Nazis and that there's such a strong presence and Disney has a history of deliberately not alienating anyone, that it was less controversial to make fascists the bad guys Mm -hmm. in 1994 than it is in, than it was in 2018. That's just a horrible thought. (laughs) Losing my voice again. Yep. Okay. Let's talk about Forrest Gump now. Do it. So Forrest Gump, this is the best picture winner of 1994. Mm -hmm. Um, so we've got the story is framed by present day Forrest Gump sitting at a bus stop telling the story of his life to various strangers who sit next to him as he does so. Um, his story begins in 1951 in Greenbow, Alabama, um, where he lived with his mother who runs a boarding house, ran a boarding house out of their home. Um, uh, Forrest, uh, so the whole Forrest throughout the movie really is often sort of bullied and, um, uh, you know, just treated differently because he, because everybody sort of thinks he's 
quote, stupid or slow, right? All these different things that they say about him. Um, so, but when he was a kid, he had to wear leg braces. Um, first day of school, he meets a girl named Jenny and they become best friends. Um, one day when Forrest is being bullied, he runs away from his bullies and his braces fall off and he discovers that he's a great runner, um, which lands him a football scholarship in college. And throughout the movie, his life touches many famous people and historical moments. When he was a kid, he teaches Elvis his signature dance move. He witnesses George Wallace in the... Uh, trying to maintain segregation at the university. He meets JFK, et cetera, et cetera, all these things. Um, he later, he also, the whole movie really is like his love, his romance, his love for Jenny and him sort of trying to get her is a lot of the movie as well. Um, he enlists in the army, goes to Vietnam, where he befriends a fellow soldier whose nickname is Bubba, who talks about his dreams of owning a shrimping business. Um, Bubba's killed in combat, but Forrest is given the Medal of Honor for rescuing several wounded soldiers, including his lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan, who loses both his legs in the war. Um, Forrest, again, stumbles through various moments in history. He reunites with Jenny at an anti-war protest. He exposes the Watergate scandal, etc. Um, after the war is over, he buys a shrimping boat um, sort of to honor Bubba and his dreams. He brings Lieutenant Dan to join him, and eventually they become wildly successful in the shrimping business. Um, Jenny comes to visit him, recovering from years of abusive relationships and drugs, and uh, Forrest proposes to her. They have sex, but she leaves in the morning, and confused and heartbroken, Forrest just decides to go for a run. He runs all the way across the country, literally, and then back home. Um, and then we sort of arrive at the present moment where it's revealed that he's waiting at the bus because Jenny sent him a letter asking him to come visit her. So he goes to her place, uh, learns that she's sick from a, quote, unknown incurable virus and meets a little boy who is their son. Jenny and Forrest marry, um, but Jenny dies from this virus. And the movie ends with Forrest seeing his son off on the first day of school. Mm -hmm. Little Haley Joel Osment. Right. That's that's basically the movie. Yeah. This was I don't know. I don't know how long it's been since this was the scenario, but this was the second highest grossing film mm. of 1994. Competitive. Yeah, it made like 680 off of 55. Oh. And so this is based on a novel and uh, by a guy named Winston Groom. This is his first novel to be made into a movie. And the movie actually made him a highly selling author. Mm. He His books were never super well-performing. But... Apparently, also, he was he was given three percent profit share in the, in the movie. Mm. This was apparently a big uh, expo not expose, but there was a um, there was a controversy and a big lawsuit because there's something referred to as Hollywood accounting, and it's a way that Hollywood studios deal with get around profit sharing mm. which is they mark up exhibition and distribution fees which i think for major studios can often be in-house and because then the studio has to pay the distribution fees they can rig it so that the film appears to be losing money so this movie was rigged via their accounting to appear that it lost upwards of 60 million dollars hmm. even though the because the that profit share his profit share came out of the net profit wow 
And so they were able through these fees to to hide the net profit. That's right. Uh, even though Tom Hanks, his money was did not come. He did not take a salary. He took profit. He took a share. But I guess it wasn't net profit. Hmm. And he made upwards of $40 million. Wow. Yeah. That seems, that seems messed up. Yeah, it's really crazy. Now, the novel is also very different. So it's much more about Forrest. This, like you said, this movie is very, it focuses a lot on the relationship between him and Jenny. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested to, to talk about mm-hmm. that and expand upon that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, but it's also much less, it's much more about Forrest. It's much less wholesome. They apparently really rounded out the grittiness as well as the, the sexual aspect. It, it the author's original vision for the character was John Goodman, right? Very yeah. different Forrest, right? <laughs> and so he and also he, you know, fails out of college after one semester, and then he and Bubba enlist together, and then he meets Lieutenant Dan in the infirmary. Just lots of like simple differences, but he decides that he wants. Despite that he does make all the money, he gives the business away because he prefers the simple life and ends the movie. He's begging on a bench. Like he basically goes to being homeless because he likes the simple life. So yeah, it's just a very different, very different story. The, the writer for this, it was Eric Roth. And this was the first of his films, but he went on to do major films, the horse whisperer, Ali Benjamin Button, Star is Born. This recent Star is Born. He became he's he becomes a like a major writer. Mm. We already talked about the director Robert Zemeckis because of <clears throat> Back to the Future. Yes, indeed. We got Sally Field. We got Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise wildly. This was he was two years into his film career when I was reading about him that you know his first movie was of mice and men which he directed i was like oh yeah that must have been 86 85 no it was 92 oh wow yeah hmm. so he right he the beginning had been for about a decade before that you know he was he's the one of the founders of steppenwolf and so he was doing big theater in in chicago and also had come to new york with stuff but this was one of his very early films. We've already talked about Wright in Robin. Pri- Robin Wright, Princess <clears throat> Bride. Excuse me. And then, funnily, not funnily, but yeah, this is in Tom Hanks's. I don't know. It was the dawn of his. He was actually making a comeback. Like he did high profile comedies, then he made a bunch of tanks. Mm-hmm. bunch of bombs and then starting with a league of their own he started to come back mm-hmm. as more characters but characters in sort of legitimate academy type stuff and mm-hmm. uh, you know he but he, and he did philadelphia he did sleepless in seattle and 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 this movie is a part of that uh hanks assance <laughs> and then hanks assance Thomasons. That's mm, better, right? There you go. Yeah. Thomasons. And then that's less specific 
for the outside to be like, who? What's who? Thomas? Who? But uh, it's, it's easier on the palate. Right. We need more Toms. How many Toms were big in the 1990s, mm. particularly the early? We need to know. How many Toms went out of favor and then came back? We mm. need to know. Mm. The main the main things that people discuss from this movie, the biggest ones are Life, Life is, is like, like a Box, a box of Chocolates, chocolates yeah, but one. also Run, Forest, Run. Sure. I yeah. mean, big. Um, but then yeah. also, I can't help but feel that Seats Taken mm. is one. I'm getting a sure. phone call right now, Let's and it is spam. <laughs> Chill. Okay. And what's sorry. fucking crazy so is that I received <laughs> a message from Verizon that mm-hmm. I'm now on special spam protection. Mm-hmm. And since I got that message, holy shit. That message might have been spam. 15 calls a goddamn day. This is insane. Well, if your They're phone my was on friends. Do Not Disturb, then we wouldn't but. have known about that. Um, I would still be seeing it. I would be still be seeing it light up. Oh my, man. But also this movie is seen wi- widely on both sides of the spectrum as a confirmation, as a strong confirmation of conservative values mm-hmm. that we see the liberalism of hippies being condemned and that like simple Southern like, what'd you say? Oh. No, no, continue. I was just like, this seems like it, maybe it goes into the debate section. Well, Perhaps, I mean, maybe, maybe but like, it, you know, what are you going to do? The National Review has it as one of its top 100 conservative movies and things like that. I mean, mm. I feel like it's mm. both an objective sure. statement. Gotcha. And, you know, whether or not how I may feel about a film that affirms con- conservative values, mm. that we can talk sure. about okay, briefly. Fair. fair. Or in later a short period of time. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it briefly. You know me. Mm, I sure do. Mm-hmm. Presently. Um, cool. Shall we? Had you seen this Futurally? movie before? What'd you say? Presently. Had I seen it before? Yeah. I don't know if I'd seen it before. So this oh, really? movie has a big statement, a big presence, because I'm from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was filmed in Beaufort, South Carolina, and a lot of it was, and some of it was filmed in, now I look, I've never been to Beaufort. There's a big there's a big writer that's from there. His name is Pat Conroy. So if you're familiar with the Prince of Tides or the Great Santini, you're not familiar with the Prince of Tides. Barbara Streisand keep going, was in it. Keep so, going. Um, they just made a they keep just talking, made a Broadway music. Steven. So I've never been. I've been to Savannah. I'm pretty sure that that bench is in Savannah. Most people from Charleston shit on Savannah all the time because it's fake Charleston. Shit on but that whatever. Bench. They shit. Oh my god, people <laughs> people leave Charleston and they go to shit on the Forest Gump bench. bench. Yeah. it's such a rite of passage. <laughs> So while it was big in the South Carolina zeitgeist, it's not necessarily a movie that I had really ever seen or definitely Got not it. seen in full. I feel like I had seen little bits of it, clips of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Cool. So, I'm, you know, uh, lots of things like shrimp and grits. Jumbo shrimp, barbecue shrimp, which I actually feel like gets, at least in South Carolina, a lot of play. Whereas in the movie, seeing it this time, I was like, oh, it's not really a big, <laughs> it's not really featured super strongly. Mm. The, 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 all the different things that you can do with grits. The shrimp. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> yeah. As a matter uh, of fact, the very narrow ideas of what you can do with sure. grits butter, cheese, salt, maybe a little bit of bacon, Some but shrimp. that's it. Um, yeah. Cool. 
I had seen this movie quite a lot. I feel like I've seen it probably like five times wow. before. Now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I like watched it as a kid or as a young person and then like every so often would be like, oh yeah. And watched it with an uncritical eye and remember and just like remember generally sort of finding it fun. Mm-hmm. So that's my background with it. Shall we vote? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's vote. Vote. Okay. Ready? One. Two. Three. Lion King. The Lion King. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just yeah. just the Lion King. Man, I want us to disagree again. Rain I know. It's so fun show. when Bring we disagree, when we like yell. No, when we yell at each other. Right. When we get in big old knockdown drag out fights and Julie's gotta separate us. I know. Yeah. Oh well. Um do you have any reservations? Or you're kinda like About the Lion King? Or do I have any reservations? You know, honestly, I kinda like, thought that you might have kept well, I don't know. I, I do think that the quote unquote fun aspect of of Forrest Gump mm-hmm. does make me feel like, ooh, maybe you know, is this as bad as I think it is? Mm-hmm. But I do think that the fun aspect also makes it particularly insidious. Mm-hmm. Right, because it is fun. You it's like tricking you into just like not thinking critically. Right. And just and being like, oh, that's just generally fun. Also, it, it has this idea. I think that for so much, the the plot of the film, the joke of the film is mm-hmm. this mentally handicapped person is thinking the situation's one thing when actually I know it's the other thing. Ha, ha, ha. Right. I, it, it, it's so, it's based on like, oh, man. I it's like all this dramatic irony, but like the person that's the the butt of the joke is the butt of the joke because they're mentally handicapped, right? And and you know, like also like when he goes to Vietnam, and there's all these people like laughing about the way you're supposed to like laugh at the way that he describes Vietnam, when really you should be thinking about how this how they were sending these people. To, they were just sending everyone to Vietnam, regardless of whether or not they had the c- cognitive capacity to even appreciate what it was that they were doing. Right. And so when you see Bubba, who's pretty clearly also mentally handicapped, the fact that he's dying, you can't believe it. Like how many people were in that exact position and were they even able to process the pain that they were in and or why you know mm-hmm. i found that to be so sad yeah and bothersome yeah yeah well i agree <laughs> because i think it's it's indicative of the whole thing of like this um like yeah the butt of the joke the the punchline is is like forest not understanding what's really going on and right. also like in moments in like presenting a very tumultuous time period in American history as like a series of like sort of comedy comedic moments Mm. where we're like, Oh, he was there. You know what I mean? Rather than like the gravity of what was really happening and how, um, just like all the, like starting with the first one, I think, um, which is not the same thing, but is the same type of thing where like, talking of his him not knowing understanding what the kkk was and that his grandfather oh yeah started the kkk and that he's so named after he's named him. after him right and and yet so like the joke there being like oh he doesn't know what the kkk is but like that become that obviously is like 
that should not be a joke. And then also he right. just has no point of view at all and is raised with no point of view about racism, even well, though his mother named him after his grandfather who started the right, KKK. Because what's like not a joke is that his mom is a racist who is so proud of their family's history of starting the clan that right. she named her child right. after him. And yet somehow he like racism never really enters the picture. You know, right. like he doesn't have any, he's, he's, it's, it feels to me like the sort of like worse again, like this like colorblindness right. that is really unrealistic because so much of the problem of the movie is like presenting just like an unrealistic, like sort of, fantasy haze over right. what was really a tumultuous well, we, time. And yeah. any racism that we do see mm -hmm. is black people being unaccepting of white people, mm -hmm. either mm -hmm. the way that they depict his, him meeting Bubba's family. Right. And then also the way that they depict the black, the black Panther Panthers, party, which yeah, I thought I was, was so yeah. fucking offensive and like such a such a way that well it's really shocking but that that basically for that whole period for, uh, until very recently how the majority of older white people view the black panther party mm -hmm. yeah right yeah right this movie it feels like it's like a baby boomers like fantasy yeah you know yeah which is yeah not uh not great a great way to look at the past and it's funny because like the i was curious like looking up the stuff about like the conservative how it seems to be just like you know spouting a conservative point of view and like the makers of the movie being like no we made it to be apolitical we weren't trying to but it, like it's like that but either that means political. you're lying or yeah. exactly it's about <laughs> political events and so either that's a lie or you had no critical view of like making this movie you know what i mean like right. i don't actually know which is worse because it's like you can't just if they really are like oh no we're just shooting it because it's fun you know then like right. that's almost far um, more irresponsible than just like pretending that it wasn't supposed to be conservative you know even even him the 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 twofold offensiveness of him meeting elvis mm -hmm. which is that one Oh, Elvis's career was made because he was inspired by the way a mentally handicapped kid with braces on his legs wiggled around to his music. Mm -hmm. Like, that's fucked up. Mm -hmm. And then also, he stole his dancing and musical style from black artists that went famously uncredited. So right. it's like, oh, it's also yeah. conservative in that it's like, oh, don't worry. He didn't actually steal that from, from black people. Right, he stole right. it from this little white kid. Right, exactly, yeah. It's like deleting even more the people who Elvis really stole from. Exactly. From. Yeah, no, totally. And the whole, you know, and like his whole trajectory in the movie is like he always succeeds because he does what he's told. You know what I mean? Like people mm. are like, and he takes, and it's part of the sort of like what seems like somewhere on the autism spectrum, like of, you know, taking things very literally and like com committing to it fully because, but like he succeeds throughout and he becomes this like, rich wealthy successful person who in the end gets to also have like a wife and a child you know what i mean like sort of dramatic in the sort of like all of that by just sort of like not questioning things and like obeying the rules 
uh, as much as possible. And that seems to be kind of like also a statement of the conservative thing of like, don't question it. If you just do what you're told, then you can succeed, you know, right. in this sort of like cheesy American dream, fake nostalgia way, you know? Yeah. I was also thinking about the, so it made me think about, oh, should we, should we save this for like a whole subheading on the idea of destiny? What? I feel like the, I, I feel like the idea is. of destiny is a theme mm -hmm. that is discussed in various ways throughout the film. And I think that one of the, some of the things you could read about is that it's based on, it surrounds this, this idea of, because we have the, the feather. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Another frame. Another frame. Another Call similarity back. between Mirror. our two <laughs> films. Mm -hmm. But. Wow. But there's this idea of this contrast being made between floating mm. from place to place. Like a feather. Aimlessly, like a feather. Mm. And whether or not things are destined to occur. Like a feather. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Keep going. And so Forrest, one of the things is, yes, he always does what he's told, but in a way, also, he never has a plan. Everything mm -hmm. that happens, he just falls into, right. and then things that work out, work out by just by luck. And then we see these other people who have, and what he doesn't have is any vision for his life. Right. And then the people that have a vision for their life and or try to run from the things that they don't want to be are or fight back against what they think is wrong too right like, yeah but yes. they they in in many instances are like tra are are not traumatized by by what they are what they end up receiving but they are sort of victimized by the faith that they live out. And yet, as that, by the end, they sort of kind of, I don't know, swirl together to, to both receive similar levels of people. Like, both Lieutenant Dan had this, you know, he felt like he had this destiny to be a soldier and then he to didn't get to live battle. out yeah, to right. die in battle. Yeah. And he didn't get to live out that destiny. And so then he just lives in this period of abject darkness until he starts to go with the flow. And then he becomes what I assume is the operations manager of the Bubba Gum Shrimp Corporation. Mm. And so then he, so things do sort of come full circle for him. And then Jenny's period is like very dark as she is looking for some sort of satisfaction. But then, I mean, unfortunately, because of the not so mysterious virus, then. Even that is an is is a is a is a affirmation of conservative values, right? By not saying what the virus is. I mean, I know that he doesn't have the ability to comprehend 
HIV. Well, but and like, this it is, is very set, clearly HIV. But but I just also don't remember like the time. It's not meant to be the ninety. I think like the present. No, day, yeah, yeah. The book was written in eighty six. Right, and so and I'm just forgetting the timeline as far as like if people well, have named for it by big, that point. Big, oh, in terms of that, I mean, yeah, they were trying to pin it down, but they still, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say, mm-hmm. but it it regardless, it's coming out in ninety four. Sure. Yeah. You know. But uh, but if they're setting it in the eighties and like that, the part that the fact that it's like they don't name it, history, I'd say, uh, maybe. Um, yeah. Sorry, yeah. if I didn't mean to throw you off track. No. It it it's thing. it's just but that sort of like there's fate this th- there's this idea planning. of the push and pull between a destiny and just float like floating. Mm on the on the wind like mm-hmm. a feather mm-hmm. which what's funny is reading about the symbology of the feather to me it was very clear what it was mm-hmm. and yet when i was reading about it everyone was like what's the feather is it a b c d e and neither a b c d or e were what i thought it was what did you think it was jenny oh she has a whole thing about Praying, make, oh, yeah, me make me a bird, make me a bird. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she dies, right. he's staying at her grave, and then right. the, feather, the feather like floats away. And we watch the fle- the feather. I'm like, am totally. I not supposed to be feeling yeah, that yeah. God no, made her a bird? Obviously, like, yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Also, it did make me. I was getting uh, serious notebook vibes from that from that idea. It make mm. me a bird. Mm. I was just waiting for Forrest to go. Well, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Um, it's okay I don't do know the, the notebook well voice, enough. Right? Yeah. But you don't know if you're a bird, I'm a bird. I don't. I honestly saw the notebook once. I never saw it, and I know if you're a bird, I'm okay, a bird. Well, you're plugged I know in that, the and I know and what I'm do not. you want? Anyways, but talking what about do Forrest you want? Gump still, um, because we're talking about Jenny. Can I? Can we talk about Jenny and Forrest? I'd love to talk about uh, yeah. Jenny. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I really hate their the storyline that she had. Like, I, so essentially, she just is. She's the classic like mother, Madonna and whore tropes all mm. tied into one, you know, of like there is like her her story basically is like if if only. So obviously in the beginning, it's um, hinted at pretty unsubtly um, that she is being abused by her father and she and, and her sisters. Um, and so the movie doesn't really, though, go into like her psychology about mm-hmm. that, you know. Um, but then we see th- because of that, starting with that, you know, this sort of string of a life where she is obviously haunted and like drugs and uh like bad abusive relationships like all of these things are sort of her journey but i feel like so to me it's really more about like what the story is of her and forest and like the whole trajectory because essentially um there are moments where i feel like her so she like love she because they were best friends when they were kids and because he was like a good he's like a good person he's the only like good person in the world it seems around her but she also is like uh pities him also it seems you know and uh, so especially in the early parts like when in like in college or whenever in her dorm when she like makes out with him shows him her boobs like it's totally the thing of like a pity uh, like you poor soul, you're so good. You deserve this and you probably have not received it. Mm-hmm. So let me be sort of 
a female sacrifice to like give you this like sexual satisfaction. <laughs> I don't know that I don't know where the sentence was going. Um, you know, but so like, and then, and then like only through, um, like marrying him and like becoming this sort of saint like figure at the end where she like, you know, sees the error of her ways, comes to him, uh, becomes this kind of like attempt to be like virginal return like you know what I mean like that she then has like redemption but also dies tragically like I just feel like she is not a full she's just there to show how good Forrest is you know what I mean and like there I don't believe that she like wants to marry him I don't you know what I mean? like I just yeah. don't and she does that just to like be redeemed for the sake of the value, like the, again, the conservative values of this movie is like, she has to marry, they have to get married for us to like redeem her. Right. So, so I felt, I feel nominally differently. I guess I would say Mm -hmm. what I couldn't get away from while watching this film was I, since, since the novel seems to be so different, Mm -hmm. what I can't help but feel is that the, the writer and the director's, inherently they accidentally made a movie about Jenny and because it was an accident they didn't realize that they should have taken out way more of the stuff with Forrest (laughs) so the things that I I do I absolutely feel like yes uh what we don't see we see this 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 woman growing up as, as she was abused by her father and then because of because of that in probably both a realistic way and also because of a in a way that is reductionist and a bit of a movie trope she then seeks out male figures who are also abusive right well the place then that forest holds to me has to be that he's the only person that really sees her for who she is and treats her the way that she wants to be treated. And we never see that. Mm -hmm. We never see in, in the first part of the movie, him being nice to her Mm -hmm. and her needing somebody who's nice to her. We never see that. So we don't know why this girl doesn't have a friend group of other girls or, you know, well, yeah, it's the fifties. So yeah. Why doesn't she have a friend group of other girls that she feels comfortable being mm. around? Yeah. Or her sisters. We like, you know, well, yeah. And that's the other thing. Oh, she grows up and she no longer has any relationship right. to her sisters. Right. Did they die? Right. Why aren't they, yeah, well, they just closer yeah. together, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that also really bugs me. Mm-hmm. And so I kept thinking about, I kept thinking about it, like this movie is about, about Jenny and then her, you know, I, I found, I don't know, maybe I, I was just thinking about it because maybe because that's what I initially caught on to seeing her, going through what she was going through, I wasn't necessarily offended by it. Mm. I wanted to see, I wanted that feeling that, because also it's, if I wanted the feeling that she was 
running from the thing that would sort of inevitably happen because because it is the idea even if we had the scenes in the beginning that justify why she is friends with Forrest she would obviously be having feeling like there's no way that I could ever be that he's a real uh, candidate for someone that she could spend her life with mm-hmm. like that. I feel like it's obvious that regardless of whether or not he's a friend, regardless of whether or not she would stick up for him there. She, I feel like if this were you know real life, she wouldn't be considering him seriously romantically. So we, the, in order for that to happen in the end, we have to see very significantly that he's the only person that ever really like saw her mm-hmm. for who she was. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead, we really just sort of see him like help protect her from like other men sometimes. Yeah. And you know all, but, I mean? but that's also that, but that's later in the movie. Right. You know, we don't see it in the beginning. We only see well, her. When they're kids, I'm their kids you know i don't know like he's with her he's like by her side in a way yeah but i mean the the whole idea of him as a runner gets set up very vividly Mm -hmm. you know we just don't see and and the make me a bird Mm -hmm. gets set up very clearly Mm -hmm. and so i feel like just a couple scenes where she or even really one scene one scene is powerful enough to set the stage for us to be like I know it's crazy, but I think that she needs Forrest. Because also, they go so long without seeing one another. Mm-hmm. They do. That there are people I know that I am close to. And, like, and, and you know, yes, there, when I talk to people from my childhood, we have an inherent bond that, br- like, breaks through barriers of time. Mm-hmm. But... They go so long without seeing each other, and they go through so much that it there's no way that while he can be myopic because he doesn't really have other friends, there's no way that she didn't doesn't see him as just someone from her past, and yet every time she sees him, it's as if they still spend lots of time together mm-hmm. when he's not right. falling into being the ping pong champion of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I just, I, I inherently, I, I feel like this is a movie about Jenny, which is why when I was thinking about, should this movie be remade? I was like, Ooh, should we remake it? I was like, uh, I feel like every aspect of this movie already exists because, you know, the book was written from you know, the vernac in, in the like handwriting of a mentally handicapped person. Mm-hmm. Well, that book already exists in a non-offensive way. It's called flowers for Algernon. <laughs> and then the fun part is where he, people tell him to do something. He just says yes. And then everything works out for him. And that movie already exists. It's 2009 Jim Carrey film. Yes, man. And then in terms of a movie being written about a, a woman from the perspective of somebody who doesn't understand what's going on, we already have that it's called room. So like between room, yes, man and flowers for algernon we don't need this movie okay <laughs> that is how i feel mm-hmm. um sure yeah i mean if it was to be remade like yeah there it would be 
such a different movie that I don't know that it would count as a remake, you know, like for what I would want it to be because it would right. would just be about Jenny. And I don't know that in the end she would choose Forrest, you know, I don't know. Again, because I think my biggest problem with their relationship is actually the way it ends because like the end, she is such a, I, yeah, it just seems so, and, and you're right that it is about the setup, <clears throat> but like having her like give him a son and, you know, become his bride and die tragically like all and she kind of dies almost so that we don't have to see the believability of like how would they live together you know mm. because it doesn't seem believable that they would necessarily live together well it, so i just yes yeah, so well, we don't know how long that they lived together before before she dies no we don't oh. know how long they lived together before like when she wasn't sick mm. also it's something that i hate about movies like this it, it, and, and we see it again in Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm -hmm. They never have a conversation about status. And like she was doing heroin long before she was addicted to heroin mm -hmm. long before they have that or they have sex, mm -hmm. basically. And it is a it, HIV was going around like long before they started to pick it up in 1980. Mm -hmm. And by then so many people already had it that there needs to be an understanding of whether or not he has HIV. So there was going to be a sequel. Uh, right. Did you, where the son, and this is like, thank God this didn't get made where the, their son has HIV and, the comedy slash drama of the like setup at least of it was about how they it was also during the time of busing and so it was like par families in the neighborhood both were like oh we don't want busing but also we don't want our kids to go to school with a kid who has hiv like this was like the setup of uh the the screen the screenwriter was talking about the sequel and the big reason it didn't get made was because what ryan white no, no, the Eric Roth. No, I'm I'm oh. saying did the, oh, is the oh, reason oh, that it didn't oh, get oh, made oh. Ryan White. Um, who's Ryan White? The like an incredibly famous young person that got HIV. Oh, oh, sorry, no, yeah. I uh no was that like the other part of the plot was that Forrest um kind of starts a relationship with somebody they who they're like and they're living like or she's working like out in Oklahoma City, and he's waiting for her on another bus and behind him. It's like outside Oklahoma City and then we just see a cloud of smoke and it's about uh -huh. the bombing, the Oklahoma City bombing. But it's sort of the back, the like, again, kind of like the historical, like sort of just making light of things. And the reason that it didn't get made really was because of 9-11. And then like the idea of like, right. oh, uh, you know, that like it wasn't it wasn't going to be funny. <laughs> I'm just like, this is a crazy setup. Yeah, um, because you're totally right there. The conversation about like, is are they contract like, you know her having HIV and then them having sex and them having a child, like these questions of like, um, yeah. Right. But is it even, <clears throat> yeah. Like that doesn't even address whether or not he had it. Like how does no, his son right, have it? Does right. his son have it because of heroin? Does his son, like, is it also talking about like his son? Is it, is it just that his son randomly has it without any sort of acknowledgement of the social factors that go and into that and how that affected his son's life? Her son, because she had him. Her, mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And maybe they were like using condoms when they, but oh no, but they weren't because he, they he had a son. <laughs> Wait a minute. So yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but again, because it's not about the reality, like with everything right. in this movie, it's about like, uh, ho- like a fantastical lens on reality. Even that, didn't you just say, like, you just said uh, that it was about the OKC bombing? Uh-huh. That is, the, for the people in Oklahoma City, that is a very that continued visceral yeah event that i don't we I, I don't know about whether or not like trump has done it but obama every for you know presidents every single year on the anniversary of the oklahoma city bombing go to oklahoma mm-hmm. city mm-hmm and give yeah. a, a speech like and, that yeah. is right and well and since the, this screenplay never got made so the scene i don't actually know like how much of right. it was meant to be like a deeply tragic climate like dark night of the soul moment or mm. if like it, it was, was going to be directed by christopher nolan exactly dark k-n-i-g-h-t of the soul <laughs> um or if it was like a sort of like just a sort of another example of like history and Forrest Gump meeting each other. Right. You know? um, but anyways. Goes, meets we talk Saddam about Lion Hussein, King? does some whitewater shit. Yeah. <laughs> what the fucking um, hell? I hate this so goddamn much. Yeah. So it didn't get made and it doesn't ever need to. We talk about Lion King and why we want to keep it? Please. Meets the Ayatollah. Please? Oh, this would have been so horrible. Are you serious? That's part of it too? Oh yeah. He, a clandestine <laughs> mission to Iran. Oh my God. Yeah, oh, my God, it was about Iran-Contra. I knew it. Uh, yeah. God, this would have been so bad. We would have gotten it all right, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Let's do it. Let's talk about Lion King. King. Lion King. Yeah, I mean, so, okay. I had this thought. This is maybe a weird place to start. I don't know. Um, one of my favorite books that I just recently read was um, Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon mm-hmm. James. And essentially, I was like, um, because the idea is just like, it's like a, you know, fantasy Right. novel but it's rather than with sort of like the tropes uh and like settings of like medieval western world or whatever that we kind of like often fantasy novels are set within it's it's like from various like african cultures and traditions and settings and whatever and and like it never s- places it there and it never places it anywhere specific um but it's just kind of like you know um letting us be like oh fantasy could exist anywhere you know what i mean and sh- and so with this movie i was watching it and i was like until the one there's one moment where in zazu he is the only person i think who says anything like geographic where he says in his song and i just can't wait to be king he's like out of service out of africa i wouldn't blah, blah, blah. um reference to out of africa starting i know yeah exactly but other than that there's not really a mention of like where this takes place right and i just got it was made me really excited again in a similar way of like potentially a way to look at this movie is like um that like they could have you know made a movie that was sort of inspired by hamlet or the bible or whatever it is and like set it in like the forests of basically europe you know what i mean um and like so just kind of like introducing to uh to an audience that maybe like wouldn't normally think about like kings and lineage in a way that is like not that sort of particular medieval uh setting and like Mm -hmm. tropes um that there was something potentially really cool about like setting it in this place and letting it be you know obviously as animals but like like seeing seeing this sort of like imagined world um without like the expected 
Western Disney-fied like uh, types of scenery and types of animals even. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so many of them are based on Hans Christian Andersen tales mm. that there's this vague yeah. Western Europeanness about them generally. Yeah. So yeah, it it is it is a, a different scenario. I mean, obviously if it's based on a stolen property then sure. it's not <laughs> their inventive. Yeah, 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 right. 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 Um but I also just feel like this was a just especially since we recently recently watched Aladdin, even just like the visual, like the animation and the way this movie was mm. made, it was so beautiful. Um, like visually beautiful and like the landscape was stunning and even like use of the camera in a like really dramatic way, you know, like it just, I was impressed that it sort of moved in a, that it, it was sort of, yeah, it was just sort of like treating it like a film that was a film and not like a Disney animated cartoon. Yeah. And I gotta say, I gotta say like, l- like what you're talking about, the art is so beautiful that I'm like, this is exactly why it's fucking stupid for anyone to look at the success of the Lion King and think, oh man, people must really want to watch lions. Right, right. Let's make them real lions. No. Yeah. yeah it, f- that whole trend is the dumbest fucking yeah. thing that I have ever heard of. And I, I hate it every second. Mm-hmm. And I saw cats recently and it was, mm. it was awful. I want to see it still regardless. Um, but yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's and there's so many there were a couple of things I was reading about that like were bold. like even just the fact that there's no opening credits like it just sort of like mm. starts with this song and we're like whoa immediately dropped in like with something Disney had never done, you know, and they like released it at a time where it was more like intentionally less like family oriented audience like it wasn't around the holidays it was like in the summer or something like mm. that. Um and like even showing God, the stampede scene is really intense. Like showing Mufasa die yeah. on screen is also like a, a different take on a Disney. Like they'd never done that, you know. Like Bambi, the mom died off screen, and mm. it was a super. It was a moment, very intense. intense. Fi- like just, just the yeah. idea when he was like run, mm-hmm. raw away, and never return, and then the, the like, hyenas come out him. and they like, kill him. Yeah, that that was whoa. like whoa, whoa, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was. Or or when the hyenas are chasing them in in the first scene in the in the elephant graveyard, mm-hmm. it's like very yeah dark. It's dark. No, it's scary. It's true. And Which makes it really fun for adults and kids because like right. we don't need to like dumb down things for kids. It's I don't know. I like there was also a bunch of people being like, "Can I bring my children to see this movie?" Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, yeah, you certainly can. Also, I mean, the idea that the the that song be prepared mm. all the deliberate references to yeah. Hitler and right. to the triumph of the will. I mean, right. it is so yeah. surprising to see that in a kid's movie. And totally. I thought it was, it's just so creative and it was so cool. Yeah. Right. And without knowing what it stands for automatically, it's like kids seeing this type of image and type of like movement they're going to associate it now with like evil, which yeah. is so great. Like, which, you know, is awesome. Cause then if they grow up and like, see that, right. They're like, Oh, for some reason that seems evil, you know? Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, uh, he's a clear cult of personality. Mm-hmm. He, he, all the hyenas 
they're well a they're all hyenas so mm-hmm. it, they all look the same mm-hmm. just like you know marching right fascist soldiers all look the same right. and are in perfect unison whereas in contrast the free world of pride rock is mm. filled with right. the whole array of animal life. Right, totally. And he says, like, even just the line, stick with me and you'll never go hungry again, like, just makes me think about, like, fascism and, like, right. you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, just, like, empty, giant promises right. and, right. you know, you won't get a... You won't get a, sh- you won't get a sniff without me. Yeah, sniff, yeah. yeah. I think it's sniff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would... <laughs> We couldn't. My roommate and I were watching it, and we couldn't get away from the idea that it's it, it's kind of a big impeachment metaphor, or like, uh, you know, the when he goes up to take the power, like when Simba comes mm-hmm. back in the end, he's telling him, "He's like, you're not legitimate. You you know, you mm-hmm. cheated, blah blah blah." <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, you see them, they think." I'm king. Mm-hmm. And it's just I, the idea of he gets to do whatever he wants because he has enough followers. Mm-hmm. And then also this idea that he can do all the bad things that he wants. But then because Simba attempts to be good, this one thing that he did that was being deliberately spun to make him bad somehow means more. Mm. Like it means more that he bears any responsibility for the death of his father whereas you know scar has done all these awful things yeah 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 so um i do think he gets one bad rap that i thought was unfair what's that um obviously it is due to the fact that there's no that he doesn't have respect for balance and the circle of life, but it does appear that he's being unjustly blamed for a very severe climatological event <laughs> that shifted, which then goes away. Pride Rock. <laughs> it goes immediately away. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So I'm like, all the water's gone. The food's gone. The people of all the, all the animals that they could hunt are gone. Right. But I don't think it was just. <laughs> right. Bad timing, Scar. Right. Try again four years from now. Yeah. You know, give it a run. Um, I also just love like the um, like Nala and like the I mean, it's because it's true for lions. So it's very cool because they have to like the the women are the female characters the are like the fighters and the hunters. Yeah. And Nala, you know, the recurring thing, the way that Simba knows it's her is that, like, she always, like, win, right. like pins him down, like, wins she in a fight. She bests him from the start. Yeah. She likes to fuck, and the women kick ass. Exactly. That's <laughs> all we want. It's not so hard. They're doing it in 94. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to say women when I'm talking about a lion. That's so funny. I was like, mm. it's, she's a, a animal, but she's a woman. Um, and that's another thing that this is the first Disney movie that didn't have any humans in the world mm. at all. Um, which is another sort of bold choice. Um, How do you feel about the character? Uh, now, oh, well, we shouldn't back away from Scar without commenting yes, that, like, yeah. this is another instance, like we yeah. were talking about with the Jafar, mm-hmm. of very evident queer coding that, like, we know Scar is part of the way that we know Scar is evil, besides being a being darker. Yeah, is that he is more effeminate mm-hmm. and right. potentially, you know, queer in the way that mm-hmm. he's coded, mm-hmm. which is all, which is another, which then 
come this new movie, yes, obviously, how do you make a CGI lion queer-coded? But they did more to make him dark and aggressive in a gritty way. Mm. And so it's like that other sort of twofold nature of it was bad when it happened, but also to remove then the representation mm. that does exist is mm -hmm. also just a strange con that they definitely weren't thinking of. It's interesting because you're right. Like, but uh, sorry, I'm just thinking now, like he never, he's king for a long time mm. and he doesn't have a queen. Like there is no, right. he didn't like take one of the female, he didn't like take Sarabi right. to be his queen. You know what I mean? Doesn't have an heir, doesn't have, yeah. Right. So yeah, so like potentially that is super, I hadn't thought of like perhaps, and obviously the problem, which is a huge one, uh, you know, that he is the villain, mm. right? But like maybe he, yeah, was gay, you know? Right. Yeah. Sorry. I, I hadn't thought about that further than the idea of like the ways that they like made him eff effeminate in his actions to be villainous. Right. I hadn't thought further of like, Oh, him as a character. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, even, even the fact that, so I could see another, another reason that he wouldn't necessarily have a queen. He would have to have a character. He would have to have a female companion prior to the action of the movie, because there would be, uh, nuance with regard to the sexual relationship between him and any of the lionesses that are part of the pride mm -hmm. because like if he's so unanimous unanimously hated then like is this a consensual queen and also if it is a consensual queen then we need some sort of justification for the fact that there's some disgruntled lioness that thinks she's better than sarabi and so she should be in charge Right, I just feel like it would be yeah. the expectation like that sarabi would like we wouldn't the movie wouldn't be thinking about like sex but that like sarabi would be especially if it's going through the whole hamlet mm. you know whatever like right, that yeah, he's yeah. now taken her like married her essentially yeah. or like there is a there is a feeling of her being like the dowager lion queen <laughs> in the way that he she's still very clearly a leader amongst the lionesses mm -hmm, right but by the way he's like, sarabi. <laughs> right yeah um, you were, oh, we were, cause also, also yes, women are very respected under Mufasa. Yeah. And then like one thing I thought was interesting is that the way that they show that the evil world is evil hmm. is catcalling and like more severe patriarchy, which mm -hmm. then, you know, it's another thing that like there is zero evidence for the fact that like, uh, gay people in politics would lead to sexism against women. <laughs> but there's <laughs> really what it do fully more clearly unpacking this metaphor, continually yeah, unpacking yeah. this metaphor. <laughs> there's a lot to, yeah. to get. Um, yeah. Now, how did you feel about the character Rafiki? Um, I mean, that seems like a loaded, like, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, like he is sort of a magnifying glass. Yeah. How did you feel pointing the interrogation? He's the only, well, okay. So yeah, as a character in terms of voice and accent, he's right. the only one who doesn't have either a sort of like American or British accent mm -hmm. um, and feels more, feels more like a, you know, stereotype of sort of like, again, it feels like the kind of magical right. Negro thing. You That's know what I mean? That's exactly what I uh, um, felt. Because he's, yeah, he's a little bit. But also, though, at the same time, it's very similar to Yoda, potentially, um, in the sense of, like, 
a wise somebody who is like wise and holds like position or power and then like goes off and lives on his own and becomes kind of crazy but still mm. has power <laughs> you know right uh but like he is um but at the same time yeah i think those stereotypes definitely live in that character right um but he's also a baboon so there is like the sort of like the way we anthropomorphize that animal you know what i mean which is sort of like a bit of a weirdo um yeah but regardless i'm just it's also yeah. hard to tell because we're or a mandrill only 30. He's a mandrill he is a mandrill a yes, 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 yes yes um i even i even changed it because when i was doing my research kimba the white lion and simba and the lion king it's they're both have sage mandrills mm. so i was making it easier for the general public but yes they are indeed mandrills mm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it is we. It is annoying because he's like so fun. But yeah, he's yeah. Uh, there's definitely a sort of magical Negro quality to it that I wasn't interested in. Also, yeah. there was a there was a quality of there there not a quality. Just when they it shows him and he's in you know Lotus with his fingers in sort mm -hmm. of a meditative meditative posture and i was like Ew. yeah and he kind of does like kung fu karate uh, yeah. on the hyenas you which know, where you're sort of that like was a a reference to a, a like that was a very clear deliberate reference to a bruce lee movie mm. but it is funny that the one character that isn't distinctly american or british is than everything, everything else. else yeah it's true right yeah um i also just because i feel like when we were talking about aladdin i was talking about this constant disney trope which doesn't exist in this movie of like uh a, the relationship between like a parent and child being especially so like an absent mother doesn't it, like there is a mother in this movie and like the relationship between parents and children is really strong and uh like beautiful mm. and like because the trope that i was talking about of like the sort of um sad dad and like either like evil evil mom you know but that yeah. like in this one it's just sort of like i love the relationship that mufasa and simba have like it's so beautiful in the yeah. ways that he's like teaching him and like they're playful you know what i mean and uh so it's just like i love and appreciate that this disney movie transcended that particular uh, destructive trope that it has in so many of its others because probably it's also that that comes from like you were saying the deeper root of like hans christian anderson's stories mm. where like so it's not just disney but in the in their like in this one it's totally not there which is cool yeah yeah mm. um just to add there was one bit of controversy that i'm like ooh, bad move disney which was that they tried to trademark hakuna matata which is of course a real Swahili phrase um and they were and they've like pushed back against the fact that people are like you can't do that <laughs> right to be like well lots of things are trademarked and that doesn't mean that like people can't say them like Merry Christmas is trademarked apparently and yeah, like well, yeah. you know whatever you know but it's just sort of like but that is not the same um and they've I think like continued to maintain that they should be able to have that trademarked um just to toss that back into the mix uh but that's yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of I when Taylor Swift trademarked the phrase wildest dreams. Oh my God. And I'm like, Taylor are Swift. you fucking kidding me? 
Also, uh, you know, I gotta say, I do feel bad for her Who? because I re- recently watched the documentary Are you talking about Miss Swift? Americana. Okay, yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. done. Shall um, we? I watched re- the documentary Miss Americana, oh and I God. felt like, oh, there's nothing she can really do. Like she can't really. Anyone who's watching this movie who's Five, on her side is already four, on her side. Anyone three, who's ever who's watching this movie two, that's not on her side one, is going to remain unconvinced by the nature done. of the fact that she has this documentary oh, and there I was a film crew there. So it's like, um, do you want to revisit any of your votes, or do you feel good? Um, no, I feel great. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel as I did really before. great. Yeah, cool. So yeah. Uh, we'll be um, back next week, 1995. Man, halfway through this decade. I, I know, and again, and the a like, weird very bizarre dichotomy of you know, Toy Story, Toy Story, and Braveheart. I'm so excited. Yeah, I don't, have you ever <laughs> seen Braveheart all the way through? I have, but maybe just once, and yeah. it was long. All the way through is a very good thing to put on that sentence. Because I think long. I I watched it in like ninth grade history class. Sweet. So yeah, yeah. tell us all about it next week. When we talk about our relationship I'm sorry, to the movies, we have some gauze because I've been shot because of shots that were fired. Okay, shots fired in the butt talks. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Um, thanks for listening. We're a Rock Rising Productions podcast. Yeah, please um, follow us. Follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. Look out for Gina's punishment uh-huh. regardless of whether or not she's good at okay. delivering it i'm steven moskis wherever steve moskis's are sold and gina with a g mm-hmm. um, follow rock rising yeah, rate and review do. us on itunes i have a Just little give us a general love and man by golly tell all your goddamn friends about us you yes fucking delicious ass fans Okay. That As an Easter egg for anyone like who's made it this long. I know yeah. I talk for a long time, but I just want you to know. This haiku, it was hard. I just was like, let me just go with it. So whether or not you think it has to do with the both movies or not, it's totally fine. Here we go. But this is how we're going to send it out. We are shown the world through a veil of fantasy. Is it bright or dim? That's the Interesting. Goodbye. Nice. That's a, that's a good standalone haiku. Thank you. Yeah, I thought so too. If I, I read I'm that gonna, in a book. I'm going to aim like, more for standalone thought thought thinkers for y'all yeah. to go through your day. I feel like, yeah, we want to leave you with some thought thinkers. Thought thinkers. Yeah. Hashtag thought thinkers. Hashtag thought thinkers. All right. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful it's week. Circle of life. Oh my God. The circle, we didn't even talk about how great of a philosophy it that is in terms of. The like a way to understand the earth, and that's basically the foundation of my general belief. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.